I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. Hello and welcome. Today on the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast, we are talking with Sharon Shravatsa. To give some background, Sharon and I were introduced by a mutual friend, and I've been pseudo-stalking him to be on the show because I am a super fan of his work, and I knew he would have so much wisdom to share. So more about Sharon. He is a four-time Inc. 500 entrepreneur with six exits in the last 19 years. Sharon is a sought-after keynote speaker and a respected thought leadership resource for publications such as The Wall Street Journal, Success Magazine, Huffington Post, and Forbes. He is a brilliant business mind who most recently grew TELUS properties by 10x in five years and led its acquisition to U.S. real estate powerhouse Douglas Elliman. Sharon worked on Wall Street with Goldman Sachs and Credit Suisse in Silicon Valley with startup companies and around the world at Four Seasons and Ritz-Carlton Resorts. In addition to mentoring CEOs in his ultra-exclusive Legends program, Sharon also hosts the top-rated podcast Business School. Check that one out, everybody. And he's the creator of the wildly popular 5 a.m. club Call for Entrepreneurs. Sharon's also a member of young, the Young President's Organization, and an active angel investor who serves as a co-founder, investor, and advisors to various companies. And more than all of that, he is deep, soulful, and his storytelling is just magnetic. And Sharon holds a true desire to help others, and there is real magic in his leadership. I'm confident you're going to walk away feeling uplifted and inspired by all that Sharon shared, and it all starts now. So today on the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast, we have Sharon Srivatsa. I am so excited that you're here today. We have been in the works. I've been talking to, I think, to your assistant since the fall, and I know you're a busy guy, and we're really just so thankful that you're here today. So welcome, Sharon. Awesome, Kara. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. And I think a lot of people don't realize how how much time and effort this stuff takes. Like, you don't need to do this. Um, and the very fact that we have a chance to be together, we have a lot of common friends. But more importantly, this takes time to put together. Uh, this takes time to deliver. This takes time to think about and, and package and kind of get in the lives and, of people. So thank you for putting in the effort to do that. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's truly a, a passion project of mine. And um, appreciate that we, we feel, we think of it in the same way. So <laughs> thanks for yeah, that. Totally. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, um, I think is really, and we just had a side conversation before we started recording. So I'd love to kind of, uh, help our listeners on this as well, but we were talking a little bit about just the podcast overall and the intention and that, you know, often we think of, um, spirituality or spirit as different than business or separate. And in fact, they're, they're really one, you know, cause often, and I think actually you do a lot of strategy and tactics and I love your uh, podcast. So for all the listeners, business school, the podcast is awesome. Um, and 
you know, but for all the tactics today, I, I want to kind of dive into some of the other side of you, which, yeah. um, you know, is really about accessing that almost like divine flow, shall we say, right? Yeah. So how would you uh, think through how spirit, soul, spirituality relates to business? Yeah, totally. Well, you could go in so many different directions on this, right? But But let's start with the fountainhead of this stuff. And I think it's the rituals drive results, right? And 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 I, I use rituals in a very holistic sense and not, and I use it, uh, not the word routine, but a ritual, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference to me, a routine is something that is mechanical, that's mundane, that we just install into our lives. Hey, at, at 7.15 every day, I jump in and I, you know, do X, Y, Z. That's a routine, right? But a ritual is something that is very intentional. Uh, it is planned. It is built for a reason. It is it is set up in your life for a reason, and it it helps to activate something. Routines are just workflows that get something done, but the rituals are the ones that activate stuff. And so, uh, if you if you take any kind of high achiever, uh, the rituals are the ones that we always ask questions on. And uh, this is actually so. I, I want to go two parts of this. Part one mm-hmm. of this is whenever I talk to like my mentors. Uh, you know, I have my clients will ask me like, hey, what do you talk to your mentors about? I'm like, you have no idea. This is, the, it's the greatest conversation. So one of my mentors, right? Uh, his name is Walter Schneider. Walter owns one third of the world in Remax. He has 41,000 real estate agents around the world. But we, it, it's not even a real estate business. It is a fam, it is a, you know, people business. Mm-hmm. And I spent five days in Walter's cabin up in, you know, in Muskoka in, in the Canadian, uh, in the Canadian woods. And I would wake up at 4 a.m. My job was to get up so I can get up before him, sit by the fire and wait, because I know that when he gets there, I probably have this two, three hours where I can kind of get a bunch of stuff out of him. And all I'm asking for is over the years, what rituals has he curated mm-hmm. to help him activate stuff? And and yes. and Karen, I'll tell you the funniest thing. This is what he told me. He says, the time that he spends in the morning a lot of people have said, oh, here's the millionaire morning routine. Like you wake up, you do Tai Chi, you you do the breathing exercise, you drink, do some Epsom salt, you have the green shake smoothie, and then you do 100 push-ups, and then you, like, are you serious? <laughs> this is crazy. Like, that is so mechanical, that creates so much pain for us. Right. What, but what Walter told me was, he's like, hey, Sharon, if I were you, I would just sit and watch the fire. And I said, well, why? He goes, there's a difference between just sitting by the fire and intentionally sitting by the fire. Mm. I go, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? (laughs) And he goes, the difference between sitting by the fire and intentionally sitting by the fire is choosing to sit by the fire. And I go, I don't understand. Mm. And and that's when he told me, he goes, before I go to bed at night, and and he says, I think about what I'm going to do in the morning. And I know that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to come sit by the fire. I'm going to sit by the fire for one reason, which is to help me get grounded, to help me just get through all the dark stuff in my head so that I've let that time happen to process, to to have all of that and give myself a chance to connect with something bigger than me. Because most of the times what we do is we hit snooze three times and then we get into the routine. I need to shave, shower, get my kids ready, whatever. I'm out the door, you know, Starbucks curbside and off I go, right? Right. But he goes, when you do that, there's no time to like process the dark stuff and like allow for the clean stuff to come through. 
And he goes, that's why I sit by the fire. And so I said, does this really work? And he goes, try it. So interestingly, what I started doing was I sit by the fire in the morning and my wife will say, what, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing, just sitting by the fire. And it's been really powerful because that's the intention. That's yeah. the, And I, I will tell you that the days that I do that are significantly different than the days that I don't. Mm. And, and, and during that time, it just allows me to just process, to think, to help kind of clean stuff out. And I'm a much better father, much better friend, just with that small little ritual where a lot of people think that you got to like jam so much into your morning routine. I'm trying to take everything out of it yeah. because my it's my job to connect to the source at that time. And and that leads me to part two of this. Part two of well, this. Well, and, and just, yeah, and I definitely yeah. want to hear part two, but I think that's so powerful because we often think of like meditation, right? Because that's just a form of meditation. It's a form of connecting with source or God or whatever you want to call it and just being present, right? And so sometimes we make it so much bigger than it has to be. And people think, well, I don't know. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? No, just watch the fire. Yeah, you know. And and so the the second part of that is, I I think that uh, there's so much that's happening inside our heads that uh, I almost, you know, we've used this this uh, the sculpture analogy too much, but I think it actually works in the same way you carve out, you know, the the my, the Michelangelo's David. He saw he saw David, and he just had to carve out the other stuff, right? But I think this is a he did that for one masterpiece, and I think that we have to do that every day, mm-hmm. and we have to do that every day today more than any other time in the past because. There's 14,000 commercial messages being thrown at us every single day. Can you think of, like, that's a crazy number. Every single day, we are we are receiving 14,000 commercial messages. And yes. our, like, our great-grandfather did, did not have to do that, right? So they were able to clear up and connect to the source faster, priorities faster, all of that. And so part two of that, that is, is like a powerful number. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy, crazy. right? 14,000 commercial messages. And, yeah. and what that's and when I just 10 years ago, we didn't have probably that much, no, right? I mean, not yeah, a, not at all. And I think, and, and, and this will go into like, when we talk about, Hey, when, if someone is being thrown 14,000 commercial messages at them every day, and all we are hammering them was like with a hook story offer, random, cool copy headlines, like they're collectively just swiping, right? They're, and that's why this is really hard. So once we have thought about stuff and, and I don't think this process takes very long for me, it's probably like 20 minutes mm-hmm. that it, it allows me to kind of just wake up and clean up. But then I spend about, it generally takes me another 15 minutes where I write. And uh, my job is to write until my head, my mind is empty. So uh, it's a morning pages practice, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't know how to do it, but here's how I do it. I start writing and it's really mechanical. I start writing and it goes something like this. Oh, I have so much to do today. Oh, my elbow hurts. Like I just write whatever. So it's, it's a direct translation of what is going on in my head right to paper. Mm-hmm. So no filter right to paper. What Exactly what the thought is and exactly what's on paper. And I think that. I didn't realize this, but I think it does two things. And uh, one of my friends who's a psychologist actually kind of talked to me about this. He's like, do you know you're doing this? And I was like, I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) The mindfulness practice 
is understanding where your mind is at mm. and not being ahead of your thought or behind your thought. So when I'm all I'm, I didn't realize, so all I'm trying to do is whatever is in my head, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm super excited to talk to Kara today. Oh, my elbow hurts. Oh, that is the thought. So I'm not thinking, do I go back to my conversation with Kara? That's not what I'm thinking. I'm literally being ultra mindful. I have that thought, I write that thought. I have that thought, I write that thought. I have that thought, I write that thought. So I'm just writing every single thought. I'm trying to keep up as much as I can. Mm -hmm. After like the first six or seven minutes, it slows down. You, you slow down time because that's the mindfulness, right? So that the thought gets connected to the biomechanical writing. And then mm -hmm. at some point, 11, 12 minute mark for me, it almost like dies out and I go, wait, what am I thinking about right now? And once I get to that is there is this moment of bliss, which literally needs five, 10 minutes by the fire and 15, 12 minutes of writing to get to that one moment. And that moment is the moment where everything feels connected. Everything. Like, I feel like, I feel like the matrix. Right. I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> wow. I, I see everything. Right. It's not right. green, but I see everything. Right. Totally. Um, but it takes it, it, it takes those two simple practices to get to that moment. And when I get to that moment, I feel that ritual intentionally done lights me up for the day. And the days that I don't end up doing that, the days that I'm, I end up being late or whatever, I pay for it. And I've actually found where I would stop my day in the middle of the day. I'm like, I'm not feeling good. Uh, I literally will sit down on the floor or go to my car where I can just be by myself with some, and I will try to recreate that practice. I may not get there just as fast, but I'll get there. Mm -hmm. And and the, the gift that I wanna share is we all need to find a way to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, for some people it is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work out really hard and then when I hit that, you know, when I hit that mile three and the stitch goes away and everything feels like in flow, that's when, that's when people get there, like all the endorphins kick in. Something happens when it connects us to the world and for different people, it's different things. And I, all, and I really hope that that intentional ritual, people can kind of say that this is a non-negotiable for me because it allows me to get there. And that's the cool part. That is, well, thank you so much for sharing. I, you know, do you find that you, um, at that moment, do does creativity strike? Do you get, or is it just like, is that where you get like, oh, that's what I need to do today? Or or is it just, it depends on the day. I'm just curious, like what that moment of bliss is kind of. Yeah, totally. Um, so a lot of, a lot of interesting things happen at that point. Um, and it's never a, it's never, a, it's never formulaic. So whatever comes, comes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say the one thing that happens then more often than anything else is a, um, a re-clarification of priorities. Mm. And so it's like, huh. I was really stressed out about that last night, but if I lose that contract, whatever. I was really like, you know, that stuff happens. And it's, it's a lot of that got, you know, uh, sometimes it shows up in the form of a, wow, that's, that would be a cool business model. And sometimes it shows in the form of, wow, like I haven't talked to my mom in a while. I think it, it, it brings to the surface what the universe is trying to tell you. And, yeah. and, I, and I think that sometimes it feels woo-woo to say that, but it's, it's not. Like when you're connected to something that's so much bigger than you, I think you're in touch with the most important thing. Yeah. And, and, and there's not a lot of forums, and I, I thank you for allowing the forum to share this, because if I was, you know, if, if I was a Ted and I said that, they'd be like, who is this woo-woo? Like, what's wrong with this guy, right? <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, but, but sometimes it shows, so I, there are times, Kara, where I will, 
decided to just go for a walk at that time. Uh, there are sometimes that I, I, my wife will make fun of me. She goes, I thought you were by the fire. What, who were you talking to? I said, I wasn't talking. I recorded a podcast. Mm. And so sometimes I'll just record, like I literally put my headphones on. I'll just record something live, which, mm-hmm. which works, which works really well. Sometimes I'll just mind map something. Uh, and I, if I have a couple of email ideas or whatever, I'll just write at that point. Cause I write a lot, but mm-hmm. at that point I feel deeply inspired to do something. And so mm-hmm. I end up doing something, either writing, creating, drawing, walking, running, whatever. But um, I have no, there's, it's no agenda. That, that time between 5.05 a.m. and 6.45 a.m., that's what that's built for. So I've taken away all agenda from that time. Mm-hmm. And so whatever, so sometimes I end up working out, sometimes I don't. And whatever, I'm totally fine with it. And I think that's made, that's made it a lot better. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. I'm curious, have you ever heard of The Artist's Way? It's a book from a long time ago. Um, I did, and the reason I'm asking is because uh, there is a, um, it it was probably about 15 years ago that I did it, but it's about um, tapping into your own creativity. And Mm -hmm. so their whole thing is you're supposed to write a page every day. And so it's kind of like that, it's stream of consciousness. But I think there's so much power. Sometimes we make it so much, you know, our mind gets involved and we think, oh, but I've got to do it this way. I've got to do it that way. It doesn't have to be. It can just be something, something as simple as looking at the fire and writing, right? And then just watching what comes out and allowing that to to tap into this part of you that's that is always connected, but sometimes we're just not aware of the connection. 100%. And so, for example, like I, I am not, a, so I'm I'm not. I'm a non-native speaker in English. I had to learn all this stuff much later in life, and so, um, to to me, writing was very difficult. I am I'm dyslexic. I, I I struggle with that, but writing was a difficult thing for me. So, in, when I was in business school, graduate school, my one of my professors took me under his wing, and he's like, "Hey, the best way to learn how to write is to write," and and I said, "Well, okay. Well, what did that mean?" He goes, "It's really simple. You write a thousand words a day." I go, wait, that sounds super mechanical. He's like, well, it's no different. It's no different than, it's no different than, you know, a hundred squats a day and you get really great quads, like whatever this is. Right. And mm-hmm. at some point you have to blend the, the mechanics with everything because then it becomes, a, a, at some point that becomes a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I write a thousand words a day and well, you know, on my team, my, my team makes fun of me. They say, uh, write fast, edit slow. They're like, did you read Sharon's like stuff? Like there is, I write fast, I write fast and I, and there's no editing. So my mm-hmm. job is to get to a thousand, get, get a thousand words done. I generally get it in like 20 minute mark, but mm-hmm. I write a thousand words a day before noon. My job mm-hmm. is to write a thousand words a day before noon. Cause afternoon, like I'm really dark after like, <laughs> I, I don't take afternoon. No one wants to talk to me. Cause I, uh, I do admin stuff af- uh, in, in the afternoons. I always tell my, my clients too. Cause I wake up at 4 45. Every single day, just because I do the 5 a.m. club and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I do opportunities in the morning and operations in the afternoon. Really, really simple. So anything that's operational goes to the afternoon. Anything that's opportunities where I have to be creative, I have to actually be strategic, I have to work with a client, I have to like build a company, I do whatever. So all operate, all op- opportunities happen in the morning, all operations happen in the afternoon. And I actually have seen people when the switching costs are too high. So it's really hard to go from, hey, I need to be creative. I need to be strategic and solve a client problem. Oh, then I need to like, you know, do my taxes. Like that's super hard to do. So I just, 
I crush them, put them outside. And then I also give myself more time to do operation because I'm not built that way that I have to do anyway. So I can literally put music on and, and, and work through it in, in the afternoon, knowing that the day is already off to a good start from the fire to the opportunities. And that helps a lot yeah. just bucketing the day into two parts. I think that's a great tip for everybody listening as well, because um, also there's just more stuff that builds up as the day goes on. So it's a lot easier. It's harder to get into that creativity type space when you've got more and more like emails that are kind of coming at you. So that's a great tip for people to chunk the day in that way. Yeah, And and you're productivity king. So, I mean, that's, you know, I know that productivity is your. Well, uh, I think think that um, people confuse productivity, you know, there's two components to it, right? There's the effectiveness and there's the efficiency. It's it's like people always say, um, I want to get more done. Mm -hmm. Well, the the emphasis there is on more, not on done, Mm, which is super fascinating, right? And so so if you flip that, I'm like, yeah, if if I had to put a gun to your head, would you rather have more, more done or more done? Right. And the, the, the intonation is very different on that. And I think there there needs to be a blend between the effectiveness and the efficiency. And my wife will tell me I spend unproductive hours trying to be more productive. Right. Like that's uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a total junkie when it comes to this stuff. But I believe that we're trying to get more done. And I think that's super powerful. And uh, it's not that how can I get another tool, another app? It's the the done is the important part. And that's that's very, very cool. And. I've realized that when there is breaks in the switching costs are just way too high. And, mm-hmm. and, and like the, the big thing that I share a lot with just my team is we do a lot of batching. So mm-hmm. I say, Hey, uh, we always, we, we do, we do, if you're going to do uh, Facebook based stuff, we do three hours of Facebook based stuff. We get really good at it. If we're going to write, we are all going to write for three hours. Like we're just going to batch and, and batch processing is good because it gets you to be more effective and efficient. And separating kind of opportunities and operations is powerful. The reason why people struggle is that at the end of the day, they feel disheartened, discontent that they didn't move the ball forward, not because they didn't get to inbox zero. That's mm-hmm. not why they feel discontent. They get they feel discontent because on their effort of trying to get to inbox zero, they broke down and didn't get to other opportunities that were coming up and didn't make progress on that. That's why they feel, they feel yeah. sad, right? So if I, if I, if, if you close three deals in the morning, but you didn't get to inbox zero that evening, you're fine. Like it's okay. It's, it's not bad. Right? right. But if you, if three, if the three deals that we're working on fell apart and you didn't get to inbox zero, now it's a terrible day. Right? So, right. so, that's why that's why chunking it out separately is really good. It also forces calendar discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people. I, I I always talk about this in you know to my to my son who was who's almost ten years old now. Uh, people say you need to be a steward of your calendar. You need to be a student of your calendar. I say no. You need to be a knight of your calendar. Like mm-hmm. you know, like this is King Arthur, baby. Like like let's do it right. This is like I need to slay this because I need to have, it needs to be very very specific and. You want to you want to be you want to really control because we we are we are struggling with the concept of linear time right like everyone thinks that mm-hmm. you make like it's linear time yeah this is what we do and so um, I always ask my son Neil hey so walk me through your day tomorrow he'll say hey I'm gonna wake up at this time we're gonna do this we're gonna he'll walk me through his whole day so when he wakes up the next day he's already pre made the choices for that day 
And it's ultra powerful because then there's no, the willpower is irre irrelevant when you've pre-made a choice. Right. And that's the cool part when you do cool things like that. So oh, I love power. that. Yeah. I didn't mean it in a sexist way. I, sh I should probably find a, you know, a, a, a word <laughs> that, that is helpful for night. So no, 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 that's uh that's really good and powerful because, you know, you can still be, and then you've got the inspired piece in the morning so that you can be in your batched you know, calendar and in your activities, you can bring in that flow piece, right? While getting everything done in uh, getting more done, right? Yeah, to totally. So. And, and uh, I think uh, the, the, the sooner we can realize how we get in flow, mm -hmm. uh, I think our lives are built around engineering, incessantly engineering, like how can I get in flow more? Right. As opposed to how can I get more done? Like that's mm -hmm. not the, the job is to get the job is to get in the river. The job is to get mm -hmm. more in flow. The job is not to get more done because yeah. the more in flow we are, the more we are living our gifts and the more we're happier. And, and I think that's what people have wrong, which is mm -hmm. it's not about, you know, it's not about getting more done. It's about can I how can how can I how can I kind of short circuit and put people in flow more? And I don't think most people, many people have even felt, have even felt that, right? And I mm -hmm. think that if we can give people a chance to feel that, it's, it's, an, you know, that is why we were, that's why we were built as sentient beings, to be able to feel something more than, you know, feeling productive. Yes. No, so true. And I'm curious how you do that with your team. Do you have conversations about that with your team or what does that look like? Yeah, so um, very similar on on the on the ritual side with my team. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, we we have realized that the one thing in communication. Uh, so uh, you want to fix it mechanically first. I'm a big fan of. Uh, so we have some folks, uh, you know, co locally, uh, physically as well as remotely. But with where kind of times in the world right now, I'm letting people work from anywhere they want. Mm -hmm. uh, the the rule on our team is that. If it's not in one, if it can't be communicated in one sentence, it cannot be written. So, so on Slack, on text, whatever. If it's not one sentence, it cannot be written. So we use audio and video only. Wow. And that's changed our team dynamics completely. So even if I am, so so for example, right? So let's say uh, we were going to send our friend Jen a gift. Literally, what I would do is I would pull up my phone on audio memo. Because I cannot tell my team to work on that for me in in one sentence. I'd be like, "Hey team," and now it forces me to not just bark an instruction. "Hey team, hope you're doing well. Uh, I'd really love your help with something." And pick up my phone. And do it. for those that are hearing this, I'm actually putting my phone to my mouth. You know, I'd say, <laughs> right. uh, "Hey team, I hope you're doing well. I'd really like your help with something. My coach Jen has been amazing. I'd like to send her a gift." Could you do me a favor? Number one, go to Amazon. Number two, the gift that I want to give her is "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. It's got a red cover. Number three, her address should be in our CRM. If not, you know, find it on her site. Number four, please use this as the gift uh, subject line and, and, and message. And let me know when this is done. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Click. Done. Wow. So, so because of that, right, now I allow the team to come back and say, hey, I don't have this or I couldn't get Jen's address. That's okay, right? But everything that we do, we do that way now. 
and um, and we do like we're, we we call it internally walkie-talkie style. We do everything walkie-talkie style, which works really, really, really great. We uh, for folks just tactically speaking, we use this uh, we use a little app called Voxer, and and some people have heard of it, and some oh, people yeah. haven't. Um, but it's literally it's taken stuff out of our text messages. It's taken stuff out of our WhatsApp. It's taken stuff out of our email, and the back and forth is gone because when people start to write, there is especially when you're in a remote environment. Uh, you have no like I have no idea when I send you the email whether you're picking it up when your kid's sick or whether you're stressed out about something else or you're looking at it in line at Starbucks. I don't know when you're picking it up. So the your state of mind and my tone, there's a good chance that they're not in sync almost all the time. So like almost all the time, you're miscommunicating, like misunderstanding each other, which is crazy. But with voice and video, you almost are never like that, right? And so wow, one sentence brilliant. only. Yeah. yeah. So are you, um, did you put that in place because of COVID then? Or I, is I that, that something in... you've always had in place? No, no, no. This is, this is, let, let's talk about how I put okay. it in place because okay. uh, by complete accident, I hurt okay. my hand. So I had, I was wearing a brace and I couldn't type. So I was typing with my left hand and I'm like, this is not working. So I'm like, oh, it's only four words. I can say, thank you, Kara, and I'm done. That works. But after that, I'm like, this doesn't work. Like, I'm not getting anything done. So now I just, I literally started audio video for everything. I'm like, wait a minute. Brain to voice at 700 words a minute is significantly better than me being a touch typist, typing 40 words a minute and it getting it communicated wrong. No, 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 we're not going to do this. And so the entire team is on, uh, on, on, on video audio, which works great. We do a lot of like Loom stuff, which works really good. I actually, to the point now when we have like uh, consulting clients that would write us emails, like Fortune 500 CEOs, they write us an email. Literally, I respond to the email. I pull their email up and I'll say, hey, John, thanks for the four questions. Let me actually break it down. Number one, and I just answer. Number two, I answer. Number three, I answer. Number four, I answer. I was like, hey, so homework for you is one, two, three, four. Click send one link. Otherwise, now I have to go in line. I have to write the bullet points. I'm like, okay, he's a big time kind of guy. Is he going to get irritated by my stuff? I'm sure I'm going to say something that irritates him on this now that why would I do that, right? And right. So, um, so we've changed all our communication to just audio and video only, but we're giving ourselves the whole one line, one sentence is okay if we need to. Right. No, I love that because you're so right. I mean, so many times things can be misconstrued and, um, and it, you know, I think there's, there's a connection piece too, yeah. that is when they're hearing your voice. Cause you actually have, you know, codes in your voice. Um, yes. and so if they can then hear those, it, there's a resonance, uh, you know, on, on the other side that you just can't get if it's just written. Right. And productivity wise, it's also, you know, totally. Better, I also think there's a, the, the two pieces that drive relationships are rapport and gratitude. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's very hard to do that on day-to-day -day business communication in written form. So mm -hmm. if I said to my team, Hey, Jimmy, hope you're having a great day. He's literally not even looking at that. He's right. going to my bullet points. Right. But if I go to my voice and say, Hey, Jimmy, hope you're doing well. I hope the kids are doing great. Hey, I was hoping you can help me with something. That's really good warm up to whatever I'm going to ask him. And then at the end, I can say, hey, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this, man. Let me know how I can help. That's great on the gratitude on the end part of it, right? So now you're sandwiching the instruction or the communication between the rapport building and the gratitude naturally. 
Mm-hmm. So now you have this this incremental way of constantly rapport, gratitude with the team that is stacking day in and day out, day in and day out, as opposed to, um, you know, and that's the water cooler stuff that's being uh, replaced, right? Especially when you're remote, I think that you're not able to stand up in the office and be like, Kara, how can you do that, right? You can't right. do that anymore. And, right. and so now I'm trying to simulate that in some way. Yeah, no, that's so good. Uh, that's awesome. Um, and I, you know, I wanted to also just ask you, we, before we started recording, we had talked a little bit about, um, and I think it, what you said was really good. And so I just wanted to ask it yeah, again, Yeah, of course. you know, you talked about a lot of times we're looking at, you know, um, in business, creating an avatar and then marketing to that avatar. And then everything is so strategic in that, you know, yeah. and it, um, there's, things get lost in that because we're not, you know, I think there's a connection piece that sometimes people can feel or not feel. And and some of it's because there's just so many messages out there. So what would you just say to somebody um, that was looking at marketing in that way and how might they think differently about it? Yeah, totally. Uh, Let's talk about that. So uh, the age old thing that's been promoted even now more than any other time would call it online conversion, right? Which is, Mm find the avatar, speak to that avatar, find their pain points, find their weaknesses, what 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 keeps them up at night and write the copy, do the imagery that goes to the heart of that. Yeah, I, that's fine. Like if you're a plumber in Beverly Hills, California, I understand, hey, is your water, is your faucet leaking? Like I get that. But the things that, you know, entrepreneurs do, the things that sophisticated business people do is a lot deeper than fixing someone's toilet. It's a lot deeper than like, you know, than than this very specific service that we offer. So I think that first, if if, if the, the entrepreneur listening feels like what they do is very specific, I get that, right? But it take, it, then it makes everything ultra transactional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the hard part is, right? Um, I use this, this would be good to kind of talk about the, the uh, so I have a business model for creating content. And business model is the most com- the most uh, frequently used two words in the Sharan Srivatsa household, right? And th- there's <laughs> there's a reason for that. The reason is, when you say use the words business model, two things are, are true. Number one, uh, a business is inherently built for value creation. Right, so it's not just a project; it's not just a cause. It, it, in, a business is inherently built for value creation. So, uh, like my son, who's nine, will say, "Well, let me tell you about the business model of my lemonade stand," which is really good, right? Like mm-hmm. I want him to think that way. Number one, it's value creation, and number two, it also talks about sustainability. It's not just a; it's not going to happen today and be done. Like we're building this because it can stand the test of time. It's a, there's a longer horizon to this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great quote that says, "If you can't make the money, you can't sustain the message." Mm-hmm. Right, and so I think yeah. that's. Like it gives us the the power and the freedom to say like we should get paid for what we do because of the karmic balance of of what we do right sure and and the this business model which will help explain this this avatar stuff is it's called A for attract C for consume and T for transform so there's no selling or there's no transaction A for attract meaning hey how do I put out pieces of content where people are snacking and they're like, ah, oh, I like what Kara's saying. I'm just snacking. I'm not getting them to consume, just I'm attracting them. Mm-hmm. Based on that attraction, they come to a, maybe a deeper part of our our world, which is a podcast like this, where they spend a little bit more time with you. So then they consume 
and the consumption drives the transformation, mm, yeah. right? And now when they're transformed, they will automatically buy anything that you're selling them, automatically. So what people do with this avatar problem is they try to attract, skip the consumption stage and go to the transaction stage. They're like, hey, um, if you want six pack abs, download my five ways to get six pack abs. Cool, I get it, right? And after that, immediately they just hammer you with trying to sell you a program to get you six pack abs. But now it becomes a attract, but then transact. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem with the avatar model, attract, transact, attract, transact, attract, transact. But instead, if you attract it and then you said, and then they, you forced, if I use force in a gentle, you gently forced consumption mm -hmm. in a podcast, in a YouTube channel, in email, you just forced consumption. Now they're, they get the transformation from the consumption. Therefore, it's not a transaction anymore. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they can recommend you, refer you, all of that. And the key there is for someone to consume your stuff, you need to show up as who you are. Otherwise, there is, there's a lot of disconnect, right? They need to feel you through that process because we consume stuff that has a human overlay to it a lot more than just a random article to it, right? Mm -hmm. so that, and I think showing up, us getting clear on who we are and how we show up in the world is is the hardest thing we'll do but you know as jen says it's front loading the effort if you just front load the effort into figuring out who you are you never have to do that again and and but if it's a constant avatar revitalization you're constantly like oh let me tweak that what's the new hook what are they worried about today you don't have to do any of that you just show up as to who you are every single time and people will connect with you so i actually think for the next level entrepreneur, if they can show up as to who they are, their avatar will automatically show up for them in an attraction mode. Otherwise, we're gonna constantly be stuck in conversion. Does this copy work? Does this hook work? And all of this work. Now, is it important to kind of know like your single target market? Yeah, like that makes sense. Okay, I'm looking for people that live in Northern Virginia. I get it, that makes sense. But outside of that, I don't think you need to say you need to go that ultra deep because then I think we're going so tightly on our, our target market that we're forgetting who we are. And yeah. and they start to see a disconnect between now we're only talking to them as opposed to we think that our relationship is, is about getting them what they want, but they want a relationship with us to buy what we're offering. And we're forgetting that we're yeah. just thinking that it's our job to come in and solve a problem. They're saying, no, I want more. And, and, did you know, I'll give you a simple example. Did you know, this This will, like, I was, I was, I was thinking about this yesterday and, and literally um, while I was watching the fire. So this is, oh, this no, is the I insight, love this. right? I can't wait. Crazy, talk about business model again, crazy business model. What a lot of uh, thought leaders do is they'll get you to a free event. Hey, come to my free event or really low paid event. I get you to the event teach you some stuff, and then they'll sell you a bunch of stuff at the event. Hmm, it's a yeah. very normal business model, right? But one person that you and I both know flipped it, Tony Robbins, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. Tony gives everything away for free. And then he says, come to my event for $14,000. Like, think about that for a second, right? Wow. It's insanely fascinating. Like, we get... All the average, all the average entrepreneurs are saying, "Oh, I'm going to do this free, free plus shipping model. I'm going to get people to come to my free event model and then sell them a bunch of stuff." Tony's like, "I'm going to give everything away, meaning I'm going to be totally aligned with who I am. I don't care about the avatar. I don't, I'm here to help people have, live better lives. I'm going to put everything out there." 
If you notice, Tony never sells anything. You've never heard Tony sell anything. Yeah, so true. But, but he makes all his money at events. And the funny part is, you and I would be like, I can't charge somebody $10,000 and then expect to have 10,000 people in the room because you're like, I'm, I'm reducing the quality of the experience. Tony's like, it's 10 grand. And if there's more than 10,000 people, it's 14 grand. Right. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> and so, so that's where I want people to kind of think about this, where it's like, you can switch business models completely if you're ultra aligned. And I will tell you, did you know that Tony did a recent Zoom? He had 75,000 people on his Zoom. Really? Like, that's unbelievable. That's insane. <laughs> a president doesn't have that many people, right? right? That's so true. And, and that's the fascinating part, though, Kara, is that when you are, he's, he's one of those people that is so deeply aligned with his messaging. And mm -hmm. he doesn't say, well, I'm trying to talk to people that are, you know, 35 to 42 that live. No, he doesn't care about that. He's like, I'm Tony. I've got big hands. I'm a big dude. I show up. I love you. Do whatever. This is who I am. And he does that. And then now he's like, pe people are excited to pay the 14 grand. To go people will borrow money to go to Tony's events, but they won't, but they think twice to buy an $87 ebook. Like, can you think about it? That's what's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Right? And that, you know, that's actually, I think the heart of like a soul inspired business too. It's about, you know, just being fully aligned with exactly who you are and, and coming at it from a place of wanting to help other people and serve the world. And then of course, naturally the law of compensation will tell you that, you know, when you're serving people at a really high level, the more people you serve, the more abundant, you know, it all comes back to you, but it's kind of a circle, right? And it starts with the service first, I think. T totally. And, and this, I think you said something super powerful and I, I'd love for, I'd love to kind of, if there's one thing that I could tell my younger self, right? Mm -hmm. I, uh, and it seems very cliche, but I, I didn't I didn't get this early enough. And I honestly believe, Kara, if I knew just this, what I'm going to share with you right now, if I knew this 15 years ago, mm -hmm. the the trajectory would have not, would have not been different, would have been meteoric, would have been completely different, mm -hmm. right? And it is the idea that... Um, it's okay to it's it's okay to pay for access. Mm -hmm. In fact, it is our responsibility to pay for access, right? And when someone is offering, you know, when when we try to go get a free session with our coach, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get, let me get my free session. The problem is, Jenna's done this for thirty years, and she's gonna take her thirty years worth of experience and give it to me in thirty minutes. Now. If I take that and say, oh, thank you so much and blah, 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 and walk away, it's fine. But there's a karmic imbalance. That's the problem. Yes. And, and, and the karmic balance is what I didn't understand. I just thought, hmm, how can I get as many mentors as possible? How can I just ask? I can be respectful. I can ask a lot of questions. I can be a really good mentee, but I'm not going to ever write a check. Mm -hmm. Now, I use check as a as a, a medium, some kind of, you know, some, but something has to actually. Some type of compensation in right, some way. Right, there's got to, right? yeah, there has to be a karmic, there has to be a, a karmic balance here, right? And I think that's super, super important. And, and the, the craziest story is this, my dad taught me this, too late. And, mm -hmm. and, and I was at an event, this lady come, goes up on stage. I did not want to be there. There was like 30 entrepreneurs in the room. I had my hoodie on, I was sitting in the back and she starts talking. 
and I didn't want to even be there. I, I, I was too much on my mind. We were growing our business. She starts talking and it was interesting. And then she, there was an, I had a question in my mind. I was about to raise my hand and she naturally answered the question. I go, huh, that's super cool. Let me pay more attention. So she continued with her talk. I had another question that came up. I was about to raise my hand. She naturally answered the question. I was like, this is weird and freaky. Like, let me play with this. It was done. It was one of the coolest presentations I've seen. And she was, I, I'm not joking. Like if you'd looked at her on the street, you'd have been like, she's a, she's an average person, but she, she was amazing. So I'm driving home and talking to my dad and my, I told my dad, you won't believe this. This is, it was the most fascinating experience. And my dad's like, do you think she can help you? I said, yeah. She goes, well, ask her. I go, well, dad, what do I ask her? And that's when he told me, Sharon, do you want a script? I was like, sure, give me a script, right? <laughs> and so my dad asks me to write this email. And the email went something like this. And I remember this. He says, uh, he says, dear so-and-so, I was at your presentation today. Thank you so much. You changed my life. Uh, I would like to... I would like to offer you blank, which is an amount of money, as a symbol of my seriousness. I'm not asking for one-on-one -on -one coaching or anything like that. I'm hoping that from time to time, you would consider prioritizing my emails and some responses. That's it. Wow. The key words. I want to offer blank as a symbol of my seriousness. And I'm like, Dad, I can do that, but what's blank? And that's when my dad said, what is the largest amount of money that you can part with that you can still afford, but will still hurt you. Mm. And at that point in my life, it was 10 grand. So I literally wrote her the email. I said, dear so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I would like to offer you $10,000 as a symbol of my seriousness. I'm not looking for one-on-one -on -one coaching. All I'm looking for is that you would prioritize my communication, mm -hmm. right? She responds and Karen, she says, is this a joke? <laughs> I said, no, I'm serious. She goes, write it up. I'm like, I don't know what write it up meant. So I hit right. print. I signed it and I just sent her a scanned copy. She sent me wiring instructions. I sent her 10 grand. She became my first coach. Oh my gosh. Wow. But, but I would have never paid for that until then. And I will tell you hundred mm. X value. Mm. Yeah. Hundred X value. Right. And, and, and now like I was on clubhouse the other day and it was kind of interesting. I saw a couple people do really well. So I direct messages this guy and I was like, Hey, I love what you're doing on clubhouse. Can I hire you? to just help me and my partner for an hour, walk us through it. He's like, no, 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 I don't take any money. I'm like, no, like this doesn't work that way. Give me your Venmo. And I just Venmo, he's like, dude, I expected one zero less. And I'm like, no, like I'm happy to do this. And right. you, you know how he spent not one hour, but multiple hours with us. And he now feels like the karmic bounds are in my favor. So I have zero problem paying for it because when you do that, you, you don't just get a relationship like they, they are so amazed by what you just did that the karmic balance is so tight after that. So if I could have just understood this karmic balance stuff before, yeah. it, it would have allowed me to completely change the trajectory of my life. Mm, that's, that's amazing. And I, and thank you so much for sharing that because I think that it's so true that when you, um, it, and awesome for people to, to feel and hear from you, you know, the power and the power of really having a good mentor by your side and being willing to pay for that. You know, I mean, it's the coaches that I've had, I've been very blessed. And of course, you know, we have a mutual, um, coach Jen Cudmore, who we both love, um, you know, but I've been very blessed with great mentors and, 
and a tribute so much. I mean, without them, like actually without Jen, this podcast wouldn't even be right. So, <laughs> so yeah. she's actually the inspiration for, for that. And, and you're so right. It's really, for me too, has changed the trajectory of, um, of what I'm doing now and also what I believe is possible, you know? And so, uh, that's awesome. Totally. You know, yeah. the, and, and people forget this, right? The greatest part about a coach is someone that cares about you, but is not emotionally connected to your problems. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, when someone tells me, oh, you don't know my industry, I'm like, that is exactly the point, right? You know, it's right. like, I care about you, but so all my coaches, I need to feel a sense of the, a care because otherwise it's, you know, it's, it's very like transactional. But when I feel that they care about me and they're not emotionally connected to my problem, that's when a lot of transformations happen for me. Yeah. And, and that's why I, you don't want to ever get, not that I don't want to get too close. Friends are good, but I don't want to know every single thing in your business because then I'm too emotionally connected to it. I can't, that's why you're hiring me to give you the separation and the perspective, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. So it's super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, I mean, thank you so much for your time. This has been so, so incredible. I've learned so much and I know our listeners will enjoy this as well. So, um, so tell us, I know that you have a, um, a gift for our listeners and that you give away yeah. as well, your four week MBA. So tell us a little bit more about that and uh, we'll make sure to include it in the show notes below. Yeah, totally. First, uh, awesome. Um, so what I did was I went back and I thought about the last 20 years in business and I pulled out one lesson from each year that I learned. I literally went back down memory lane and I recorded a 10 minute audio or video around it. So I have 20 lessons um, that, that, I, that I kind of put together and I call this the four week MBA. So it's built on four business weeks, right? So four, so four or five day sessions. You can get it all in one shot. There's no funnel or it's totally free. It's at the number fourweekmba.com. So it's fourweekmba.com. Uh, totally free. You get it all right now. And if, if I'd say if you like, for folks that are listening, if you like this, you would like that. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's very, it's just looking back and saying, I wish I had known this then. And they're both they're both kind of philosophical and strategic and tactical all at the same time. So it's the, it's the MBA I wish I had, uh, I wish I had had. Awesome. Thank you so much. And then also for people that want to know more about you, where are, where is the best way to find you? Yeah, I'd say the, the, uh, the four week MBA is probably the best way because then they okay. can get on the private, the oh, kind of the perfect. private email list, which is, which would be good. Um, awesome. and I'm on all the social media platforms. Instagram is probably the easiest way. If people want to jump on, it's just my full name to search for my name. Uh, but I would say just get the four week MBA. It'll, it'll really help. And then you get on the private email list uh, and you get a chance to see behind the scenes of what we do every day. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks again for your time. I so appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, uh, thank you once again for having me. And most importantly, you know, this stuff is hard to do. It takes time. And so um, it's a true gift to the listeners of all the time you're putting in to do it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that. I'm Kara, and you've been listening to Soul Inspiring Business. If you found this helpful, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you feel so bold, share with others as well. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to growing together.